Hi. Hey. Welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise him. Oh my god, praise him. That first hi wasn't for me, was it? <laughs> no, it was. No, you responded anyway. Hi. It's nice to see you, Jake. Um, today we're going to be talking about I Am Amelia Bassano by John Wazowski. We're going to be talking about Amleth, written and performed by Elnaz Sheshkaleni. Uh, and This Is Life by Movers Call Theatre. Very excited to have you here. Very excited to talk to you. <laughs> that sounded sincere. It was. Let's go! Woo! Hi, Jake. Hello, James. Um, <laughs> he said uh, Look um, who's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have predicted that I would be here next week. Next week, I might not be. There we go. It, great. Fixed it. Fixed yes, it. No. See, no. You jinxed it. I jinxed it. You jinxed I jinxed it. it. And that is a thing that can happen. Absolutely. Uh, no, I'm, I'm trying to work out the other day if jinxing, if you know, do you know the culture that it's like connected to? No. I tried to have a serious conversation about this when then, and then and, and, my friend Halea was just like, ah, uh, that's a Pokemon. It's like, Halea, you are not having the conversation people correctly. That, okay, yeah. <laughs> I've never played Pokemon, but most people that play Pokemon I find insufferable. I Have find you... most people would assume that you do play Pokemon. Don't glare at me uh, like that. That's an interesting <laughs> thing to say. That's reasonable. That's a reasonable thing to say. No, I never dabbled. I, my, I, my parents never let me have a console. You never Pokemon went? Nope. Never had... Never. I, I never. I, I Pokemon didn't. Oh. I, I Pokemon <laughs> stayed home and played Age of Empires on oh. my computer. Um, yeah, I never had uh, anything to play a Pokemon game on. But so Jinx isn't just a Pokemon. <laughs> no. No, she's not just the hottest Pokemon that there is. Fuck, there's a hot Pokemon. Who do you think... I know you're not very well versed in Pokemon, but who do you think is the most handsome of the Pokemon? Or the sexiest? Or the, Are we you talking the animals, the Pokemon? <laughs> because yes. the answer is Machamp, the one with four arms. <laughs> Don't like that I had an answer so ready and that that's the tone you delivered the facts with <laughs> listen you, you dipshit <laughs> obviously it's this is chance. not a question this is a losing fight um do you have an answer no no because i no, no. oh surely most people would say ditto right D- ew why because it can, can turn into anything you want it to oh god it isn't it limited to pokemon it couldn't turn into like young brendan fraser uh, i don't know the rules of pokemon i've never played but if it could turn into young brendan fraser fraser would you not have sex with young Brendan Fraser. It depends, but it's still like the brain of Ditto. Isn't it just like a squelchy little? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it Brendan Fraser going? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'd want to be able to have a conversation. I'd, want, I'd have questions about the Mummy Returns. I have. I'm not. Gonna, and I, George of the Jungle. George of the Jungle. And I, whether or not he knew that Leslie Mann was falling in love with him. What happened to him after George in the Jungle? Oh, oh God, it's a very dark. story. It is a dark quack, story, quack, isn't it? But he's yes. come back for that one movie about like. A 1940s or 30s heist, hasn't he? He came back for... Yeah. Is that the one... Like, wasn't he in a movie that they cancelled? Like, well, wasn't I, he I in, like, Batgirl or something? Oh. And then they decided not to release it? I don't know about Batgirl, but... If he was in Batgirl, that's such a shame that was cancelled. Because I want the best for Brendan Fraser. Sure. Of course we all do. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway. Um, Jinx. Ditto. Yeah. Let's go back to ditto, actually. Yeah. Um, so and these you... are all terms that people use in common conversation. With, like, lowercase oh. letters at the front. Jinx uh, ditto. ditto. Machamp. You're right. Mach- yes. <laughs> Come on, Machamp. Machamp. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. All right, so Jinx. Let's go, back. Let's go back to that. Yes. What culture is it from, Jake? Oh, no, it got railroaded by Halea's ridiculous remark. Oh, it yeah, didn't no, go anywhere. No okay. idea. No, but the question was, like, is jinxing something, is it engaging with some sort of spirit named Jinx? Or is it like, oh, sure. uh, like a linguistic phenomenon that occurs I, in the midst of conversation? I think jinx is like hex. It's like, you know, it's like a, it's like something that you you can jinx something. But is it from hoodoo? Like, what is it? Hoodoo? Hoodoo. Hoodoo. I do not do. Okay, right. I, <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is from some sort of other 
culture and we've just butchered it and taken it on board and assimilated it into ours. Indeed. It sounds like something we would do. Well, much like the the, the Greek gods. <laughs> much <laughs> like the Greek gods. Very much put them in our pocket, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> Um, I've got to tell you, my housemate's mother's middle name is Dionysia. I can't believe you didn't tell me this sooner. <laughs> Isn't that great? Your housemate's mother's middle, middle name. Middle name? Yes. <laughs> Fuck you, okay. You should have told me I this. I was so excited you for a second because I thought you were into that. <laughs> yeah, right. is it after the god or is it... I believe so because apparently my housemate's grandmother was a spooky witch. Ooh. Yeah, i got lots of fun stories about her. I, I like her. She sounds like she sounds great. Right. Yeah. And presumably she was crapped out by spooky witches because they gave her the middle name, didn't I they? I assume so. Oh my goodness. Yes, yeah. That's um... Exciting. I feel like I should stop talking about my housemate's grandmother. No, no. That's why people are here. That's why people are here. Um, Jake, how was your week? My week? Your week. Um, your week, Jake. No, no, I'm not. Look at all the push-ups I can do. <laughs> he's doing e- one and now he's crying. <laughs> Don't make me do it. <laughs> I'm not. I can do push-ups. I, <laughs> I need that said. I... My week. Fine. It was fine. Yes, ups and downs. I'm pretty tired, but that's not interesting to hear about. I went to a vegan restaurant with my pal Haley. She took me as like Blonde a Haley. Blonde Haley. She took me because as like a very late birthday present. We went to a vegan restaurant. It's a very late birthday present. I know. I was born a really long time ago. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, and we went to a vegan restaurant. It was fun because I was with Blonde Haley, and that's always a good time. What was the restaurant? The restaurant. I don't want to talk about it because I, I don't want to say the name of the restaurant because as lovely as the ambience was, well, Jake's going to tell me the name, and we're just going to bleep it out. I will tell you after the conversation. Tell me now. There's no reason to tell you now. Oh, no. I want to know. Well, that's get up, stay on that seat there, right, John. Yeah, but yeah, no, lovely place. The staff were really lovely, and the chef was presumably quite talented. I'm not a food person, but my word, it seemed as though it was like a 10 course like meal thing. Oh. When I say course, it just means like small dishes. Like you each get a small dish 10 times in a row. You've entered into some sort of like pre orgasmic state. (laughs) I just love food. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Go on. Um, And yeah, it was just like, so it was kind of almost like every little dish was themed by the one vegetable they chose to exploit that time. Yes. And it just seems like by about course five, they'd run out of good ideas. <laughs> Here's the potato again. Truly, yes. Like, I feel like course eight was just like, beetroot! <laughs> and so they just, like, squelched beetroot into different shapes and consistencies, and they presented it in, like, a plate. <laughs> I need to know what this restaurant was. It doesn't change Fuck. anything! Okay. The story's identical. Yeah, that's fair enough. Unless you frequent vegan restaurants often? Well, my partner's vegan, so, you know. Oh. Yeah. I, could you... I know. Glorb. His name is Glorb. Glo- oh, yes. no, I wasn't even... No, I... Oh, I'm so used was, to you making that joke. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. But, um... The, do you have a restaurant in mind that it might be? Have you been I to do. It's a fa- was it a fancy restaurant? It was relatively fancy. Was it Maha? It wasn't Maha. Oh. You're saying for this time, Maha. Because Maha's terrific. I'm not coming for Maha today. We're not sponsored by Maha. We are not. We'd love to be, though. I'm not backing up that tree. Um, <laughs> carry on with your with story. With such desperate afs. I love Maha. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, so that, no, lovely time, but yeah, the food was just, but it was one of those things where it's like, obviously it was like very fancy, well-made food. It was just like a, what's in my mouth? And it was just, you know, I don't know. That's what she said. Oh, Samantha. Yeah. (laughs) I love sex. Can you imagine if instead of The Office, that line came from Sex in the City? (laughs) Oh, but Carrie, that's what she said. (laughs) I've never seen the show, I don't know. Oh, Samantha. I saw like one clip of like some uh, Carrie talking about how many shoes she bought. Mm. That's all I know about the show. That's all you know. I know that there's that and Mr. Big. 
There is. There's, <laughs> they just announced that John Corbett is coming back for the second season of Avengers just like that. Playing like the other significant love interest if you don't count Burger, which very few people don't do. don't know who these people are. He's a, like a carpenter. He was always a piece of shit. Let me refer, I don't care. He made furniture. Are. Sure. He returned, like Jesus. Like Jesus. Uh-huh. And he returned in the second... It's just like Jesus. He returned in the second movie. <laughs> yes. The coming of Christ. Indeed. The coming of Burger. Yeah. When they, no, the coming of Aiden. Oh, Aiden. Oh, they went back to this guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Burger was a writer that dumped her on a post-it. Note. I don't care. It's a cultural uh, moment. I don't care. Oh, um, homophobia. So your week was good? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Wrap this yes. up. <laughs> Everyone's bored and hates you. <laughs> Uh, yes, the week was good. <laughs> yep. Out of how many stars? I will give it out of five stars. I will give it ten. For each oh, course that's that disappointed me at the vegan eatery. Jeez. I love smushed beetroot. Oh my god, um, smush that, smush that root. <laughs> beat that root. Beat that root, baby. Um, I, yes. my week was a fine, fine week. Um, I am spending more time trying to like be more of a social person because I have been a bit of a recluse recently. Oh, so you're going to inflict yourself <clears throat> upon everybody. Oh, it's time. Oh. Yes, yes. Uh, so I've been like having a drink with some friends here and there. I I went and saw a, sh- a, 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 a show on the week time. <laughs> I've forgotten how okay. to talk. Um, last night I went and saw um, Primafacia. Primafacia. Yeah. Don't know how it's pronounced. Sure. Written by... Do you know this show? It's by the same writer that wrote Anna Kay. That's on a Malthouse. Okay. I cannot remember the writer's name. But it's a... It's a so we went to see the one of those na- national live theatre recordings. Okay. At Cinema Nova. Um, and it's got Jodie, Com- Jodie Comer. Oh, and right. it's the one-woman show with Jodie Comer just wearing, as, as my housemate said, just wearing a lot of pantsuits. Just wearing a lot of... Fancy lawyer clothes. So she just, can wear a pant. She can wear she? a pant. God, she's good. I love her. Mm. Um, it's just a one-woman show of her talking about um, uh, how uh, sexual harassment is treated in the legal system. In England. In Well, I guess in England, yeah. I guess it must be in England. But also, the uh, I know the writer did research around the world. So, But it was really interesting. Really, okay. really f- fucking harrowing, but real good. Okay. Uh, and then after that, we all went out and had a drink. Oh, good. Because we needed to decompress. And Jodie was good? Jodie was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I love... Joe, I, like I'm, I don't think it's new to say Jodie Comer's great, but she's great. It's like just what she's got such because I love her in Killing Eve, obviously mm. the first season. Yes. Um. And but I've never seen her do anything long because it was a one woman show and she was on stage the whole time. And yeah. She just had such stamina to, and she just kept going and she just didn't stop. And there was like no part where she faltered. Mind you, she was being filmed for like worldwide distribution, so I imagine she was all canisters going. <laughs> um. <laughs> Such a cynical view of her performance. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she was a bit more oh, lackluster in person. She must have been drugged up. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, she was great. Um, and then we, yeah, went and um, had a beverage. And then we played chess until like 1am. And then we watched two episodes of Doctor Who. Oh, God. The one where Rose Tyler leaves Doomsday. And it turns out it's the Cybermen and the Daleks. And everyone's like, What? Doctor Who is my sex in the city for you. <laughs> I don't know how to word that, but I end up being the sexy one and you end up being the nerd. <laughs> yep, I'll take it. I'll yep. take that. That's fine. Yes. Um, and Mr. That was... Big is Daleks <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, Daleks. Yeah. Yeah. Good episode. Great episode. Great music in that episode. Um, so my week, I give it... So I give it some stars. I give it... <coughs> this is important. Oh my God. I yeah. give it three stars, which is how many chess games we played last night. Uh-huh. And they were all brutal because Iona, turns out, is really good at chess. 
Oh, so brutal in the sense that you were just getting pummeled. Yeah, didn't like it. Oh, sure. Yeah, I was a real, I was a real sore loser about it. I know so little about chess that I don't understand how you can be good at chess. Oh, we should play sometime then. Because you just because I could win. Out the chance I to could win. win. Yes, <laughs> you bloodthirsty I'll loser. You, I'll teach you chess. I know fun. how to play chess, but I don't understand how you can be good at chess. Ask Iona. I guess she knows. It sounds like she's a real tyrant. I don't want to talk to Iona about this. Yeah, she's scary. <laughs> she scares me. Uh, do you want to talk about some? Theater. Uh, uh, Unless you had something else you wanted to say. No, no. I guess we'll talk about theater. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Twist right. my arm. Let's do it. Hey, James. <laughs> Hi, don't look at me like that. <laughs> You're looking at me weird. You, okay, right. Hi, Jake. Let's Hello, James. I hear you went to the theatre. I did. I don't know who's telling you these things about my life. I'm you trying did. to keep these things under under wraps. You told me before this podcast. You're an unbearable person to talk to. That's... <laughs> <laughs> uh. I am Amelia Bassano. Jake. Yes, James. <laughs> I'm so sorry I mean, to tell you. who are you talking about? <laughs> ah, gotcha. yeah, improv's hard. Uh, it's tricky, yes, and... Indeed. You're a cunt. I went to jam. Not to go play with my band for a while. <laughs> I went to jam. Spelt J-A-H-M. Jam. Yam. Yam to you. You went to yam. Go on. See? Yes. <laughs> um, yes, which is... <laughs> Which is a venue. Wrong language. In Paran. 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 It's like over there. <laughs> Jake's pointing at the window because we're in. We're close to Paran. I'm pointing over there to in Paran. There's. It's like a gallery. You walked into the room. I don't know why I'm walking you through so I don't slowly. Care. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. No. So we arrived. Connor was in the foyer. Oh. And then me and Connor went inside to where the show was. It was in Traverse. Great. Great. Um, what do you think of a Traverse show? Love a Traverse show. Why do you love a Traverse show? I think it's good. As long as the audience doesn't suck, it's good to be able to see the audience on the other side of the performance space. Right. As an audience member. I like it. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> this is me speaking subjectively. Do you get distracted? I, I can get distracted. If there's like people I know or if there's hotties on the other side of the audience, I'm I'm distracted. And that's negative for your theatre uh, experience? Well, it depends on what the show is. Right. Um, but I've, I've found that when I do see a Traverse show, I get just very distracted to see like, ooh, what's the other part of the audience reacting? Am I reacting the right way? Can I, what, what's going on? Mm. That's my experience with Traverse. That is a dice roll, isn't it? It like, is. To, to put it in Traverse is to, like, I don't know, immediately have to be competing with the potential of hotties on the other side of the thing. It's like, is our show better than Cheekbones? No. No, no it's never, never is. No, no. <laughs> we can all agree. Um, yeah. Okay, Traverse. So, I'm Amelia Bassano. Um, it's directed by Bryony Dunn, who's super wonderful. She's the same woman that directed The Human Voice, that play that ruined my life. Yes. You recall this? I do, yes. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, so it was by John Wazorski, and it was like a two-person show. Mm. Yeah, so I'm just going to get their names so I don't just make up what their names are. That's la, 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 professionalism. Yeah, so there's Chiara Azira Stellato Pledger and Lachlan Watts were the two of them. Gorgeous. Yeah, so good. Um, yeah, so essentially, so we get there, and it's like it's quite small because it's like a gallery space. Like, it's not a theatre space. So it's just kind of like a room with a bunch of paintings on the wall. Oh. And then they plonked a bunch of chairs down, and there's like a little gap in the middle. So there was probably room for maybe... I'd say probably like 50 people to be sitting down in the audience. And oh. it was full, which was nice. Um, yeah, and then the play just sort of happened between us. And because it was also a gallery space, there were no lighting changes or anything, which is I know, a, a thing that we So you're all in to. full light? Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, there was like really no darkness that occurred. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. 
Um, yeah, so the premise is kind of like Amelia Bassano being like, okay, so the place sort of starts, and then it's kind of like, they just have like one of those like Japanese room dividers. Is that me guessing that they're Japanese? Those things that are like... I mean, there are Japanese versions of that Venetian blind. Those like foldy walls that Venetian stand up, blind. and then you get changed behind the Venetian blind. <laughs> while you're flirting with someone. It's a Venetian blind. And you like toss a feather boa across or, it. Or like in a comedy one where like you go behind it, and the silhouette of the body is absolutely not what the silhouette of the body it's should that... be. <laughs> It's Peter Griffin. Right. Behind or like the... Austin Powers. Where yeah, they're in yeah. that tent and she hammers a tennis racket into his butt. Yes. <laughs> Masterpiece. Yes. <laughs> I love high art. So it's one of those like, one of those like, foldy... Yes, Venetian blind, we get it. Okay. Isn't a Venetian blind... Oh, for fuck's isn't sake. Isn't a Venetian blind those things where it's like a series of fabric columns that flippy flappy and that's how you see in your windows or not? Shit, I hope not. Yeah, I bet you hope not. This, you'd look pretty foolish. Oh, no! What's wrong? Let's oh, I've got to take my... Oh, I was so sure of myself. Oh, no. Dummy oh, was dumb. Humbled. <laughs> humbled I am. I am. I concede that I was wrong. It's not a Venetian blind. So it's the, but you said it so many I times. So many times. <laughs> and so angrily at me. God, I need to second guess myself more. <laughs> so it's one of those ones. <laughs> It's like, so you go with someone like into their dressing room. Like you go with like a sexy actor back to their dressing yeah. room and they're like, let me just change into something more comfortable. And then they go backstage out of their like opening night clothes. And as they're talking to you, they're tossing things that like sit atop the foldy wall that they're behind. And they're like, so what did you think of the show? And then you get overwhelmed by how attracted you are to them. So you just start mumbling things. And they're like, what did you say? And they pop their little head out the side. And you're like, oh, I liked that thing. And then they continue to get dressed. And then they come out in a robe. And they're like, so... It's nice to see you. And then subtext ensues. Have I described this wall I sufficiently? Didn't want, I didn't want to talk because I didn't want to get it wrong. Yes. <laughs> You're familiar that with thing. the wall that I'm talking about. <laughs> what is that called? Venetian wall? What is that from Venice? I don't I think it's a Venetian anything. <laughs> um, I think it's just a room divider. We had two of those in our living room for a Maybe while. Maybe it's just a room <laughs> divider. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to Google it. We're introverts We're in a gallery space. <laughs> and me and Connor are sitting in the front row of one of the traverse chunks. On our left... You didn't decide to sit opposite each other on the traverse. And just wait. <laughs> and hopefully at some point eat a bowl of spaghetti together. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we did not lady in the tramp throughout this play. And Who would have been the tramp? Thank you. No, I said who would have been the trap. Oh, I would have been the trap. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say that eventually, but I yeah. meant it as an insult. Oh, well, beat you to the punch. <laughs> That's the magic of self-loathing. Mm. <laughs> and so, yes, me mm. and Connor are sitting there. On our left is the mysteriously unnamed room divider. On the right, just wall, James. Don't overthink it. <laughs> <laughs> so is this a regular wall? Is it a Venetian wall? What's going on? Let me describe a vivid scene. So you're walking down a corridor. <laughs> You put your arms out. By the side, you feel something hard. <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, okay, a wall. Yes. Yeah, yeah, plaster. Encircling us, roof atop. Oh, what's underneath? Oh, the floor. Ground. <laughs> um, yeah, the genius is over a jam. This is, this is amazing. <laughs> so we're sitting there. And then the play starts. Oh, the play starts. <laughs> yes. Great. Um, so it begins. And then it proceeds to be these two people. And... Um, and it just ends up being this story about Amelia Bassano, who was a real person that existed, oh. and she was a Jewish Moroccan woman, and she was around at the same time as William Shakespeare, and she's, what we then come to learn is that she's one of the prime candidates for being the real person that wrote Shakespeare's plays. Oh, get fucked, really? Yeah, so it's like, the play kind of goes into her, kind of like, upbringing, not really her upbringing, her adulthood, and her, a couple of her romances, and like, her rela relationship with Joseph Marlowe. And then, yeah, then just talks about her being a poet 
and she published one book of poetry that was ascribed to her name. Um, but otherwise, it's and it's like it gets especially interesting, sort of like at the three quarter mark of the play, where it starts going into the all the things that marry up to her experience as a Jewish Moroccan woman and the content of Shakespeare's plays and also mm. names that keep popping up because there's like quite a number of Amelia's in the plays. Batista, which is in, I think, Taming of the Shrew, mm. is the, I think, a dad's surname or first name or something. Um, and there are six Moroccans in Shakespeare. He loves a Moroccan. He loves, well, maybe she loves a Moroccan. Oh. Uh, 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 I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, to get sidetracked by nothing, um, I found something very interesting. There was, so like, something that they talked about, there was like a question and answer thing like afterwards as well. Um, and what came up in that, which is a thing that I didn't realize until they started talking about it in this question and answer thing that like Bryony and the actors and the writer were a part of um, and the assistant director. And uh, they talked about how it was interesting that there weren't any lighting changes and it was all just kind of like in a room and it felt like it was just two actors telling a story because that's yeah. very Elizabethan in the way that the story, oh, true, yeah, you know, they just go on a stage and just do it. They just go on a stage and it's like in the globe, like they had to, for the most part, just use natural light as well. Mm. Like it was interesting for us to be in kind of like, a, have a traditional Elizabethan aesthetic while learning about the yeah, potential history so you, of Shakespeare. almost transported back in time to storytelling. It's like I'm I was that there. In here. I'm putting yeah. that in here because it, it'll be relevant when I talk about my work later. Oh, good. Oh, well flagged. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's good storytelling. Um, interesting. Um, were they, were they, what was the costuming? Was it like a modern thing or were they dressed in like Elizabethan garb? It was like a more Elizabethan than it was contemporary. Oh, gorgeous. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm just trying to imagine the space. Gallery room, was there art on the walls? Yes. Had they decided to put like, was it like Shakespeare related art? Or nope. Like the art was just there. Oh, that's nice. Okay, that's nice. That's jam. Yeah. Um, but it was good. Yeah, so it was just interesting. And it's like part of this was informed by the question and answer thing afterwards. But it was like, it was fascinating to think of like, even just like one component of why this is so interesting. It's like, not just because it's like, she is the only woman that is considered to maybe be Shakespeare, mm. but she's a, the, like, she's a woman of colour. And that it would be so interesting if, because people are obviously researching this. Like it's a relatively new-ish theory about Ooh. Amelia Bassano. But like imagine how it would reshape everything. Every if we're like especially with the you know the contemporary issues that we have to look back and be like Shakespeare this whole time has been the plays of like a like a like a Jewish Moroccan lady. That would be rad. It would change so much. That would be really really fun. Oh my god! And it's like and again this was also informed by the questions afterwards. But it's like it's it, it makes us like an odd amount of sense. Like when you look at the things that Shakespeare's work dwells upon and the things that he manages to come up with and fixate upon, it makes a lot of sense that a woman mm. wrote the plays. Yeah. Like what are the sonnets? Um, well, she's a poet, so it makes sense that she's so, a poet. So the argument too. is William Shakespeare didn't, uh, didn't even exist as a man. William Shakespeare definitely existed. Yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah. And he... Uh, uh, but it was like, they brought up all these interesting things where it's like, it seems like he was probably illiterate and his children were illiterate and um, there was no other text in his house. Like, it seems just... like if you were writing stuff, you'd have text in your house. Yeah, it was like, yeah. And so, and he was an actor and it seems like potentially as was kind of like fictional, well, I don't know if it's, you can say fictionalized, what it was depicted in the play was the idea that he is kind of like the front for her to be able to get her work yeah, totally. into theatres because yeah, she right. needed a man to do it and he was an actor so he could just like bring her texts to the theatres so, and then in that convoluted behaviour he could get wrongly ascribed the credit of the plays. So in the play the other actor was William Shakespeare. The other actor played a bunch of different oh, people. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Um, yeah, <clears throat> um... 
Yeah. That's so, so interesting. I've never super, heard of this. Yeah, right? Oh, okay, cool. No, super fascinating. Yeah. And, yeah, depending on, yeah, what they manage to prove or conclude, mm. yeah, could mean a lot. Could mean a lot. You know? Because, yeah, because if, like, one of the, like, largest staples of literary canon was penned by a woman of colour, that's a game changer. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to say to that, atheists? Like, that's great. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Great, yeah. So that's that on that. But yeah, yeah, it was great. And it was, it was nice to just sort of like, yeah, being around. Anytime it just feels like it's just people who want to tell a story because they think it's interesting. And like mm. listening to John, the playwright, talk about stuff as well was just like so invigorating because he's just like, it's this like sweet, intelligent, passionate man. And the way that he was even just like afterwards talking about how much he cares about the story and how when he first heard about Amelia Bassano, it sort of just like bewitched him and intrigued him so much. It was nice too to hear from a writer about what took him from finding something interesting into making theatre about it. Yeah, right. You know? God, this uh, sounds so good. How long is it on for my... No, it's done. It's oh, done. Okay. Let it go! But yeah, no, it seems <laughs> like they maybe have like plans to like tour it or stage it again or something. Yeah, great. So well, hopefully sounds... it happens. Because yeah, it's super interesting. Um, And it just even just a night... It's nice to have kind of like... In a way, it's, it almost feels like flat earthy in the way it's like... It's almost a risky thing to bring up in particular circles in terms yeah. of like... If you doubt... If you think Shakespeare was Amelia Bassano, that's almost flat earthy in the sense of like you can't just like that's a pretty big thing to be like it's almost pretty sure. the moon landing wasn't real but, yeah but like you say there's people researching right like it's a relatively new thing yeah 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 I yeah that's know. interesting yeah I, I mean i'd like I, to I, think... I understand the what do you mean by the flat earthy thing though like you can't just say it's a pretty big... i think shakespeare was a per- it's a hefty color. paradigm to be yeah. tinkering with you know so because you're right shakespeare is so deeply ingrained the way that he is mm. into all facets of like fiction. Yes, it would almost be the admission that like, oh, all those like, all those like millions of high school essays that were written were pointless. Like it would somehow yeah. feel like that. Yeah, it'd almost feel like an embarrass. Like I don't know, I don't know. Would it be like the like COVID scientists coming out and being like, oh, it was actually. <laughs> what was it, Jake? Um, I'm gonna go on the record and say that COVID was actually started by <laughs> a lab leak in. Brisbane. And that's Jake Stewart. That's Jake Stewart, everybody. <laughs> yes. They were trying to refine deli meats. Uh-huh. And someone sneezed on the wrong ham. Uh-huh. And then went to Wuhan. Uh-huh. <laughs> to give a cocky presentation uh-huh. about ham developments. Uh-huh. Little did they know. Uh-huh. That was fucked up ham. It's <laughs> uh-huh. facto. <laughs> COVID, Jackdo. <laughs> For this, your name this, is Jackdo. Let, let's wrap this up. Let's, I, think, I think this section's done. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've blown too many minds today. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, we've got, to keep, we've got to keep some secrets. Is the sky even blue? <laughs> well, actually, Jake... I'm going to have to cut you off, James. <laughs> no, listen to me! The no. sky is... Yes, James. Hi. Hello, James. Um, <laughs> I also, I too went to theatre. Ah, you boasty slut. Thank you so much. I went to La Mama again. Ah, La Mama. La Mama, La Mama HQ. Si. Si. Um, and went into, okay, I'll, maybe I'll say what the show is and I'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, to, see, to see Amleth, No Landermark is the full title. Sure. Um, <laughs> you say it like it's ridiculous that that was the no, title. No, <laughs> I say it in that like, I, I, I can never tell when a show is meant to be referred to by like just the start or like the full title. Do you know how some like shows... Like James, King of Scotland. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, but you can refer to me by my full title. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, so Am- Your Majesty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Lordship. Um, anywho. Yes. So, went on in. 
Yes. Um, wandered on up to La Mama, the the main one, the HQ, the new one that I spoke about last time I went to La Mama. Really beautiful, gorgeous little space. That you mentioned the little cubby house building at the front. The of it. little mysterious cubby house at the front Which that you didn't think was real. I didn't think was real, but I also went into this time. Oh, so it is real. It is real. It's accessible. It's accessible. I because it's the brick. Are you talking about the brick building? Like your face. You're facing the building. You look, mm-hmm. and on your left yes. is that a tall the little brick. cubby house. It's not little. It's a double-story brick building. I'm very tall. <laughs> You're not so. that tall. <laughs> All right. So I think the cubby house Jake's referring to is a two-story brick large building that, that didn't make sense to be described as a cubby house. Most likely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought you meant maybe the little um part on the right that is like a the accessible um elevator because that's like housed in a little cubby house thing okay all right i can see you're not you don't get it. i don't understand <laughs> i'm not an architect <laughs> you're barely a person thank you um so went in and so show show said to arrive at like 7 30 yeah the show said <laughs> <laughs> mr show get here at 7 30 so we got there at 7 30 um Who we did? being me by myself oh yes the royal we <laughs> the royal we i tried asking a few people no one no one no one was free um so you had a spare ticket and no one wanted to come a spare ticket why did no one want to come um, oh your nature no no I, I truly asked genuinely and, and then, then you realized that i'm ba- unbearable uh no um flynn was working i think everyone was just working flynn yeah being... this is it glor glor so uh, it, th- th- I, I didn't know anything about the show. All I knew was what I had looked at on the like La Mama website about like the runtime, yes. which said twenty six minutes. Is that because you wanted to know the runtime going in? Well, I wanted to know because I might be going out with some friends after, so I like was like, oh yeah, I'll see how, how what time I should be getting out. I was yeah. like twenty six. I was like, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> so I was like, great, okay. Yeah. Um. So so immediately I knew it wasn't going to be just like a regular show. Yeah. Um. Wanted on in. Uh. Got a little drink by myself. <laughs> XPA because I wanted to be a bit tipsy. Ah. Uh. And then we were instructed like, hey, you know, the the gallery is open. You can go in and have a look. It's like to do with the work. Um, is that a drag term? The gallery is open. Uh, the library is open. Oh, okay. Yeah, almost. Yeah. It's from Paris is Burning. Okey A really great documentary about the meaning, ballroom culture. I keep meaning yeah. to watch that, and then I just don't. The library is open. I don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> it's mean. It's just reading each other. Oh, gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the gallery was open. The gallery was open, mother. Um, and in we went. Yes. Uh, and that space, when you go inside, it is indeed a cubby house, tiny, tiny oh. little room. But it's so. So it's a dance piece. It, it's a. It's a. Dance piece is what uh, Amleth was. Did this start while you were just walking around the gallery? No, it's just like it didn't occur to me until I sort of walked into this gallery and sort of read about what's going on. I was like, oh, okay. So the walls were covered in 72, I think, uh, pictures. And they were like like hand-drawn stick figures um, with uh, little uh, captions underneath them. And so what... Hang on, let me just get the information up so I don't misspeak. Um, so Elnaz Sheshkeleni, yes. um, what she does is she studies, I, I, I had a very cursory read of what, what she's done. She's studied, um, ancient Persian dance, yes. like, like thousands of years old storytelling through this, this dance, um, called, um, 
God. You're gesturing like, oh, are you embarrassed by... The... i got to find the name. I should have had this ready. Um, okay, well... No, I'm... you're going to need to cut this. No, no, this is good. I, I'm going to, you know, generally speak about what no. I know about Persia. No, don't, don't um, do that. Don't do that. What's wrong? Just cut this bit. No, Stop no. recording. No, people need Stop to know. It. No, no, Stop get it. your fingers away. Jeez. No, no, it's fine. I'm sure it won't take you too long. <laughs> I'm just going to wait. I, I need you to make sure that this bit's not in it. Do the listeners... Does their time mean nothing to you? James... <laughs> Are you almost done searching? I'm not starting searching until I have your guarantee that you'll cut this bit. Do you want to talk to me like a knight? <laughs> I shall not give you my guarantee. <laughs> Keep searching. <laughs> I'm uncertain of what he's looking at. I got it. He's got. Oh, you got it, James. James, go ahead. What did you learn? <laughs> What have you found? <laughs> okay. Are you going to cut that bit? We'll find out together. Okay. Exhale. Breathe in the essence of Persia. I'm going to start again. Go ahead. What L.S. Jeskalani does yes. uh, is she has studied the ancient uh, Persian art of dance. Yes. <laughs> um, an ancient form of dance called Nagali. Cool. Um, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Nagali. Right. Um, and it is this... This thousands of years old traditional dance done in Persia, um, and it's it's it would have been done in like coffee houses or whatever the equivalent was to sort of tell stories and sort of spread news. Mm. And so what what they they would spread news with dance. Well, in as much as telling stories is spreading news, you know, like it's sort of like the two and one are the same. It's like here is the story of what's happening and what's happened over... Like, it's not the daily forecast, but okay. it's like, they're not going, and now the weather. Like, <laughs> imitating rain. <laughs> no, it's just like, the stories of, like, what out, what, where we've come from, where we're going. I don't know. I've not studied this. I don't I'm know. I'm stuck imagining Lavinia Nixon delivering the weather through dance in one of her brightly coloured dresses. <laughs> I mean, I'd watch that. I'd watch that too. I'd watch that a lot more. She's great. She's great. Um, okay. Uh, anyhow, um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and the way that um, Elnaz has broken it down, because obviously there's no written like manuscripts on, here's how you do the dance. She's had to study and she's come up with, I think she calls it Adam Action, which is where she's she takes the text that she's working on, mm. breaks it down into like small chunks and then sort of breaks each one of those chunks into a, a physicality and sort of embodies what what that phrase or word should look like in this dance. Uh-huh. And so the 72 or 74 images are all... It's Hamlet. So it's all Hamlet. Okay. And she's taken Hamlet... So that's why Amleth is a anagram of Hamlet. It has only just occurred to me. That just occurred to you? That just <laughs> occurred to me. Has it occurred to you that Eltham is also an anagram of Hamlet? Yes, that has, obviously. That, but, of course, but, that has. <laughs> But while wow, watching an that... entire play about Hamlet, <laughs> that didn't bonk you on the 26 head. minutes. 26 minutes. Not entire, uh, <laughs> Whereas Eltham, because it reminds you so much of Hamlet. Because I live here. Um, oh my God. Okay. I'm, I really have a few neurons missing. Um, no, no, no. No, no. Anywho, thank you probably just because you are not Persian. Me. That's all. Are you? Am I Persian? Firstly, you cannot ask <laughs> someone if they're Persian. All right. Okay. Moving on from this. Is per- what country is Persia currently? Do you want to do an embarrassing Google? <laughs> want to do an embarrassing Google? Because I want to say Middle East, but you, I don't fucking know. You want to say the Middle East? <laughs> that is often your answer to That's things. Often my answer. <laughs> uh, like, oh yeah, so the Persian Empire was like Turkey 
all the way out to like the starting bit of India and like a bit of Egypt. Like that's the map of old old. He's old showing me Persia. the Achaemenid Empire. Yeah, that's Persia. That's okay. Persia. That's, that's Persia. the Persian Empire, I okay. guess. Also called the First Persian Empire. So they're uh, the people that killed Leonidas. So I guess you could count... They're the people that killed Leonidas, your oh, favourites. God. Um, so I guess you could say... Iran? And Iraq? Like, and Afghanistan? Like, all these places. I want to say the Middle East. No, that's, <laughs> I, was, I was not incorrect no. in saying the Middle East. <laughs> For the first time ever. <laughs> that you wanted to say right. the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me now, Dad. swinging a bat. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> you'll hit a ball. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to keep swinging. <laughs> Ah, oh, okay. Yes. Um, anywho, so we walk in. Yeah. Well, still, still just you. <laughs> still just me. Um, we, we, the, the audience. Oh, good, you're part of a mass a part of a mass. Yes. Um, anywho, the, the, the drawings were the breakdown of the, the movement and what that would be. Mm. And the raffle this time, the La Mama raffle, was to win one of those drawings. And I was really upset that I didn't win because they were oh, so gorgeous. That does suck. Yeah. And I was, um, I was 33, the raffle was 34. So close! So close! <laughs> I made a joke, I was like, is there a prize for runner-up? Oh! oh! And everyone laughed. No one heard me. <laughs> oh, I was muttered it to myself. <laughs> and then giggled a little too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. I'm into my own joke. You should have been with a person. They would have enjoyed should, that they joke. Loved it. <laughs> um, anywho. Yes. We walk in, sit down. It is a uh, thrust stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sitting on one of the sides that makes it essentially a traverse stage for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then it just proceeds to be Elnaz comes out. Um, the mu- the, we've got to mention the music straight away. Uh, Pyotr Novo- Novotnik um, did the music. And it was, this is what I mean when I said earlier, transporting back in time. Um, he's at the back of the room and he's playing this harpsichord adjacent instrument, um, which is hitting with little hammers and playing, playing it like it's like a marimba. Um, so it's more like a xylophone than a harpsichord? But it, but it is very harpsichordian, like it has this, like, strings. Oh, I'm thinking of a harp. <laughs> Not harps. Harps, harps is the old school piano, isn't it? It's the Amadeus piano that's yes. like a piano but doesn't sound pretty. It's more I like, a I'm a piano! Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that's Listen to pianos! I guess it was harps Jason in that it's hammers hitting strings. But he just held the hammers in his hands and hit the strings. Cut out the middleman. Cut out the middleman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he also played like two different woodwind instruments as well as mixed it with pre-recorded stuff. And like, is he an octopus? He he must be an octopus. He's, yeah. he, he's, I think he had a looping pedal as well. Like okay. he, the man's clearly a genius at music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the things that really just that coupled with dark light, quack quack, quack. Um, <laughs> and 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 Elnaz coming out in this beautiful, like golden. It looked it was like a like a solid motorcycle shape helmet, uh-huh. but like gold and like this white flowing robe. And she comes on. And she's just so poised, and every detail of the way she moves is so chosen. And then she proceeds to do this interpretation of Hamlet. Mm. Now, I've got a level with you. Go ahead. I don't engage with dance. It's not something that I know much about. Um, <laughs> I'm against it. <laughs> yes, I think it should all be shut down. No, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't care. Um, okay. And I also have never read, seen, or engaged with Hamlet. That's so, insane. I, but you've I seen The Lion it. King. I've, oh, look, true. I guess I have seen an interpretation of Hamlet. Yeah. Um, it's the one that I dodged in high school. I never, We never looked at it. They were trying to make you learn it, and you just wouldn't. We just refused. We Much said, like your relationship no with dance. Hamlet. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Down with the king. Um, which I believe is the plot of Hamlet. No. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I don't understand the... dance. Oh, sort of, if you consider Claudius to be the king. I don't know what that means. 
if you consider Scar to I, be the king. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do understand. Oh, I do know Hamlet. Oh, God, media's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> anywho, uh, so so as, as someone that doesn't engage with dads, yes. has not engaged with Hamlet. Yes. <laughs> There wasn't a lot, a lot for, for you to hold on to. to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, there were one or two bits where there was like, there are more things in, uh, what is it, Earth and the heavens than are in your philosophy. Like that line. Okay. Because she was saying chosen words and lines from the from the show. Like, okay. And, and then she would sort of fill them with physicality. That and to be or not to be were the two that I was like, ah, Hamlet. Right. I know that one. From the famous beekeeping scene. Yes. Yes. Is that a beekeeping scene? Of course it is. Is that real? He's keeping bees. Yes. Oh. That would explain why she was going, Ah, the bees! <laughs> she didn't do that. Um, You've caught on that he was, he's not a beekeeper. Not, <laughs> I, I didn't you mean to tell trick me you. Anything, <laughs> I've never seen Hamlet. Oh, yes. I don't know. Like, that seems like a fun Shakespearean thing, to stand by a bee. <laughs> to be or not to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It didn't click. No, so once oh, you learned that Eltham was an oh. anagram of Hamlet, you really stopped thinking after that. <laughs> Never staying up until three playing chess again. Okay. God, I'm a smart drunk. Um, anywho. Um, I can't be smart today because I was so smart, smart yesterday. yesterday. Um, okay. So, yes. so as someone that didn't really understand what was going on. <laughs> A little catchphrase you've got there. <laughs> Sorry, I should say more of that. Um, <laughs> but always say it smugly with wine in your head. As someone understand. didn't understand what was coming no, up. No, no, no. I have a lot some, of opinions. As someone standing in the corner of a nightclub shouting no. <laughs> I, 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 it, it did that thing, which you sort of touched on with the, the, the I am Amelia Jones. <laughs> That's the name. <laughs> Got it in one. <laughs> no, no question. Keep swinging no, no. about in <laughs> the Middle East. Um, she, um, as someone that didn't really know what was going on, it yes. did that thing which you touched on where it's sort of like, it did make me feel like, oh, this feels like I'm in another world. Mm. Like the, the, the dark room, quack, 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 quack. Uh, the sort of reddish lighting, the costumes and the music. It just all... Really made me feel like, oh, this this does feel like language from another time. Ah. Like this, and the way she was, I don't know. There was something. There was something. She was so Elnaz was so controlled and so focused, but there was something very. I don't want to say primal, but I want to say like there's something very. There was like a passion in that dance that I, being someone that doesn't engage with dance, was like, oh, <laughs> that's. That's that's magic, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, if you, what what are you, what's, what's your experience with dance, Jake, <laughs> as an art form? Not going into the club. <laughs> sure. Well, I think even before I answer that question, I think it's interesting what you just said about the fact of like, and this is I think is part of why we even started doing this podcast in the first place because it's like, it's absolutely valid for you to not know anything about dance, but to still experience dance and have an experience with it and a mm. response to it, mm. and that response to it is as valid as someone that has been studying dance their entire life. Like yeah, you that's feeling true. that way about a dance performance matters as much and is as valuable to that's hear about really good point. as someone that is in like the American school of ballet. You oh, know? That's a really good point. I don't know why I just sort of immediately go, my opinion's not valid and it's <laughs> dumb also. Right? Um, yeah. Because yeah. otherwise there would be like uh, uh, like restrictions on who can attend, you know? That's a... <laughs> what are we living in? Bloody, uh, bloody Trump's America. Bloody Trump's America. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know no. what? I don't know why I didn't consider that. That's something. No, no. And then that conversation obviously can lead straight into the thing of like the uh, uh, like attainability of tickets to more expensive productions. You know, and, and like, casting football stars in now. <laughs> don't get me started. Don't get me I think it's great, and we should do more of it. More. All lead roles should be played by sports stars. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here. Um, my experience with dance. Mm. Um, beyond my limited high school experience with it. In terms of be- like watching it as like an watching audience and engaging, person. yeah, engaging with, I think I find it, uh, I find ballet to be quite hypnotizing unless it mm. is um, something very like strange. I suppose I think because something that leaves me out of at least ballet in a sense is like it being so full of discipline and efficiency. Yeah, and I think I find that in art less interesting than I do in life. I guess, but that's a dull conversation to walk into. (laughs) But I think, um, but with those sorts of media, I feel like it's fun. It almost in the way of like, the only sort of way I can really get into opera and maybe it's similar with ballet and there needs to be some level of like beautiful design happening as Mm. well. Like, I think that's part of me that needs to be stimulated. Um, otherwise I just find myself wanting to like fill it up with text and like respond to it with text, which I don't know, again, isn't invalid, but it's like, that's just a thing that happens in my mind. Um, otherwise, what else? I think the most interesting experiences, one of the most interesting experiences I've had with dance is like that thing where they let you, I don't know when the next one is happening, but have you ever been to one of those things where you can go in and watch them rehearse an upcoming ballet at the Oh, no, I've never been to one of those. No, no, no. We should go next time it happens. Yeah, absolutely. It's really fun. I think it's a fun, it'd be fun for us to do. It's great that they do that. So good. Mm. And you just like go in, you sit there and then like the cast comes out and they sort of like run a rehearsal or something. Um, and then they talk to you about what's happening and everyone's just like mm. in their people clothes and yeah, you just like get to sort of like see behind what it's like to rehearse behind the curtain, behind the curtain. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And see what a yeah. sort of like ballet rehearsal feels like. Yeah. So that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. I guess ballet is something that I also get like very, like it can sort of make my brain go, Oh <laughs> yeah, that's twirling. <laughs> um, but like, I think as you said, a well-designed and lit I don't know, there's something about this one that was... Words are difficult, Jake, from uh-huh. my mouth. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it felt so intimate. And I, I, I do gotta have a quick shout-out um, to Simon Boland, who did the production and the lighting. Because mm. um, that lighting was just... Oftentimes it was something as... I think it was because we were in such a small space and it could be so... I don't like the word simple, but yeah. like it could be like the spotlight was just like a torch that he held and like shone onto and it felt, it just felt also like, yeah, it just really felt, this is a group of people just in a room putting some art together. And I've got one of my favorite parts that I don't, I won't go on much longer, but one of the, my favorite, <laughs> I can, I know I'm wasting your time, but I, I, one of my favorite parts of the show that I just, okay, so we walk in, mm. the set is like a bunch of, bunch of frames like box like cube frame shapes that allows then sort of manipulates and uses like there's there's not much to speak of in terms of set otherwise like there's a beautiful um there's a lot of projection work going on there's like a beautiful um uh, floor with like almost like medieval looking drawings of fish um and then in the corner of the room is Danica Karyasic and and it suits the she's so we walk in and I assume it's her, in the corner of the room, on this white throne, is sitting this severe-looking woman. Yeah. Like, with this beautiful... She's got beautiful hair, like, like, not a bob, but, like... I, I don't know how to describe this woman other than, like, she looks like 
the best version of a witch. Okay. And so we walk in, sit down, and she's, all she does is sit there in the chair for a while. And then when Elnaz does go to the side of the stage, um, Danica gets up and helps her change. So she's a costume designer. Oh. Um, and if that wasn't her, then the Danica name that I mentioned is the costume designer. And the the, the, few, the multiple costumes that Elnaz wore throughout the piece were just a part of it in that sort of... Sim- and I think it's part of... Sorry to go on so long, but part of it is like that simple ancient tradition of the dance sort of gets in touch of the simple things of seeing gold fabric twirl in such a beautiful way on someone that's so committed to their their dance they're doing is beautiful when it's like lit up and it makes your my lizard brain go oh shapes and colors this is beautiful sure um yeah and i just i just thought it all came together really nicely in that space um, yeah, and I, tried, I went in completely unsure of what to expect. And I did go in thinking as soon as I heard, it's a dance piece, my brain naturally went, oh, okay, <laughs> right, <laughs> fuck. Um, but no, I loved it. I actually walked away like really quite enamored with that piece. That's um, nice. It's yeah. It seems like it was such like a cohesive, like, cohesive piece in the way mm. that it seems like everything that happened in it was all supporting each other. And it's not yeah. as if some sort of weird costume decision or like some bold lighting thing yanked you out and made you be like, oh, that's interesting lighting. Because that's the thing that I've been thinking about for some reason lately of like to what extent you want all the different stagecraft components to act almost independently, which presumably is not the goal most of the time for them to act independently in the way that they pull focus from each other. Yeah, right. As wonderful as it can be to come out of a show and be like, the lighting was great. Mm. Is I'd say arguably there's something better when you come out of a show being like, the show was great for all of these reasons. Like the lighting complemented the the costume so well. In a way the, that everything yeah. draws the same amount of attention from each other in the way that they're so obviously interacting with each other. Where it's like, yeah. oh, the, the set works <clears throat> great because the lighting works great because the acting's going well because the text is so mm-hmm. good. And it's just like, oh, they are all speaking to each other constantly throughout this work. Yeah, and I suppose it is easier to make that coherence with... Because I think it's just the four creatives in the group. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I... You're right, Jake. I agree with you. (laughs) 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 Um, Amleth is an anagram of Shakespeare. Jake, I got a question for you. Oh, God. Okay. Could hit me with it. Is this life? Is what life? What are you referring to? This. Just this. This? Why are you talking as if you're gesturing around an expensive kitchen? Well, I don't need to gesture because it's a podcast. Yeah, but we are having a real conversation. This that meant requires... just, it was meant to just be a funny joke. Oh, because I saw a play called This Is Life. Yes. Oh! <laughs> oh, sorry, I missed that. Yes, yes and. <laughs> yes, and. Mm. I saw a play called This Is Life. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went to it. It was did at- you? <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. I'm loving these intros. Oh, they're great. Um, it was at Jason Coleman's dance. What's it called? Jason Coleman's dance factory? <laughs> Has so Jason called... Coleman got a dance factory? Jason Coleman has a whole goddamn Jesus. factory. I get there. So I have to get off at Macaulay Station, which I hate getting off at. Where's Macaulay Station again? Macaulay Station is near Collingwood, sort of? Is that where it is? Macaulay... Oh, it's one of those northerny ones, isn't it? It's northerny, but it makes me think of Macaulay Culkin, which makes me sad. Why? <laughs> well, because his life took so many turns. Yeah, but his middle name is now Macaulay Culkin. His middle name... He's, is... he's changed his name. His name is now Macaulay Macaulay Culkin Culkin. That's real. Look it up. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'm less sad about him now. <laughs> he's he's clearly doing I'm well. I'm mad at him. <laughs> yeah. So Macaulay. Macaulay. I Macaulay, got off of Macaulay. Macaulay. And it also makes me frustrated because, and this is stupid. I'm going to flag that I know that this is stupid. Okay. But it makes me sad that 
maybe no one has ever used the word Macaulay in a sentence as an adverb to refer to someone doing something like a Macaw. <laughs> I would like to repeat that I know it's dumb. <laughs> What 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 would you do to be described as Macaulay? <laughs> what would you do? Well, you could be like how would you how would you say hello? I'm Jake Macaulay. Hello, I'm Jake. <laughs> That's not Macaulay. That's Macaulay. That's like a scary like scary farmer market person. <laughs> yeah, but if you said if, if if you prefaced it with hello, I'm a Macaw. <laughs> That's saying something Macaulay. Not really. <laughs> You say, you say, hi, my name is James, like a macaw. Hi, my name is James! Oh, more impressive than I thought. Thank that was you. done, Macaulay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for so indulging you me. <laughs> you went to Macaulay, dare I say, Macaulay. <laughs> Thank you. Flapping and such. <laughs> I flapped my way, Macaulay, to Macaulay train station. And then I went to Jason Coleman's Institute of Dance. Oh, it's an institute now. I believe okay. it's a factory. Or it's a warehouse. There's building dances. What are Jason they doing Coleman's at the Dance Shack? <laughs> yes. We just call it the institute around here. Got there and then ascended this staircase, got inside... No one was there. <laughs> so you went to the institute when you were meant to go to the factory. I went inside. Yeah. And I went into this open door. <laughs> walked upstairs. Was there a sign saying that's where you should be going? No. Nah, like, I went up the staircase. Empty foyer. I see a poster for This Is Life on the wall. Oh. And I'm like, okay, I'm in the right spot. Sure. <laughs> Keep going up empty, echoey staircases. Oh my God. Eventually go through two more doors. And then suddenly, I mean, there's like beautiful giant hallway flanked either side but just by just big rooms that i can see into of just dance classes happening you've walked into a dance class it was bonkers no i haven't walked no i didn't walk into the class but i walked into a hallway from which branches off into these windowed rooms that i can see into that are doing dance classes cute yeah so yeah so it's this crazy beautiful building Mm. like that dance shack it's got it going on. <laughs> I thought it was an institute. What's going on? I, there's no consistency in my understanding of this venue. Um, this is Life by Lachlan Seal. Mm-hmm. Um, full disclosure portion. I knew like I, I know like a handful of them, and it's done by Movers Call Theatre Company, and I'm pals with I think all of the people that run it, or at least the vast at least majority. He thinks he's pals. But <laughs> I'm pretty in the dark. They secretly hate me, but <laughs> but I'm onto them. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, man. Um, so I went there, and yeah, got there far too early. First audience member to arrive. Thank you for Thanks asking. Thank uh, Yeah, and then eventually went inside. Um, and then there was like, this is not even a story. There is a little okay. step inside the doorway. Did you trip? No, no. So Chanda opens the door, and she's like, come on in. And then the first girl goes in and trips on the little step that's inside. Oh. And I felt bad because I would have been that person if I'd gone in first. Thank God you didn't go in first. <laughs> Thank God I didn't go in first. Did you yep. trip over or just like a stumble? She stumbled. Oh, that's fine. But she was an elegant lady, so she recovered like a champion. Perfect. But then I also I came pretty close to falling down as I was leaving for interval. There was an interval, which just I'll come back to. Why? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific insulting question. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I sit in the front row, the play kind of starts. The play literally starts. (laughs) And what it begins to be... Regular staging, like like sitting down in a... So we're sitting in tiered seating, but we're looking at a stage, and the stage itself, traditional, rather deep proscenium stage, and, but then out the front of it kind of bobbles out this kind of like, 
You know when like Christina Aguilera comes down one of those catwalks that extend off the stage onto a little circle yes. further into the audience? Yes. Kind of like a little baby version of one of oh, those. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, and then also like alongside that protrusion was kind of like six people's worth of kind of like chairs that encircle cocktail table things off to the side, like a oh. cabaret. Gorgeous. Yeah. It was cute. Yeah. And were the there people were sitting in those chairs? They were. Oh my god. Damn. This is um, life. This is life. And then the play started. Okay. <laughs> you said this. that three times the now. As it started, <laughs> you need to make up your mind. The cast is goddamn gigantic. And it's not even like, and it pulled it, I forget, what was the show that did this book? Cloud Street. I keep coming back to Cloud Street. Where it's like, All right. and Dracula did it as well. <laughs> the thing uh, where you like, know the trend is school productions. Yes, this. but this was not a school production, but I do see the trend that you're pointing yeah. out. It kept doing the thing where it's like, okay, we've definitely met everyone by this point and then like a curtain would pop open and it's like oh <laughs> who are you <laughs> now <laughs> great yeah no so large sprawling cast which of course is a wonderful thing that's always really exciting um yeah so the play starts <laughs> great <laughs> and then, fourth time yes um so wh- where should i begin because a little bunch of stuff happens it sort of starts in a way of like it feels like it's going to be like a high school which it kind of is is like a show set in the world and lives of a bunch of high school students together mm-hmm. and it does the thing which we've talked about before of like instead of seeing action characters will explain action that happens okay. is a thing that happens yep. but they do an additional thing as well especially in the first sort of like third of act one um, and I don't know if this is coloured by me accidentally going on TikTok now and then which I'm trying to stop doing um, so maybe it's coloured by that but it sort of had this sense of like as things would kind of start to unfold like the play starts at a party like a, like a dirty house party and characters kind of have these, they'd have these breakaway moments where they kind of like justify their behavior or explain the thing they did or talk about a relationship that they have with a person. And it was interesting in the way that a lot of these were coming across as quite defensive um, mm. in the way of like, I'm only like this because I've got this going on. Or right. this may seem mean, but it's actually because of this. And it was interesting to me just because I guess it's a thing I've been thinking about of late, I suppose, and also just, you know, in the midst of this this deadly cancel culture that we live inside of. Be careful. It's Don't talk about it. It's like, uh, it was, it made me sort of like think about, which is a thought that I enjoy having because I think it's interesting and quite contemporary, the thought of everyone kind of having to be their own PR manager. And I wonder what yeah. it's like, the, the thought, like this thing that everyone's talking about of how like, the generation coming out behind us are kind of like, they've never known an internetless existence. God, that's terrifying. Right? And it's like, if so much of who you are is dependent on you having this like online existence and, and, you know, being the internet being so rife with, you know, that quotation marks cancellation and this need for everyone to have an opinion about everything Mm. and to put so much of themselves on the internet and be so ready to defend anything that they do. It, 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 I don't know, it generates this sense of like, as this the start of the play kind of felt like, I don't know how deliberately, but it felt like for me, the thing of people, like young people having to defend themselves like constantly and be very conscious of like the narrative that exists around your struggle. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, like, not, and, not, like not just what the actual struggle is, but also how that struggle is perceived and what other people are going to think of it. Completely. The effort that people put into telling you about how to perceive them. What do you mean? In the way of like, when, and it's not necessarily a negative thing, but even in the beginning stages of getting to know somebody or even in the way, even in the way of like, and this sort of comes back to the, like the PR team idea of when you put an image out of yourself, whether or not it's like TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, or even just, even in the way that you just talk to people about yourself, 
like the image that you cultivate around the way that you hope to be perceived and the way that almost contextualizes everything that you then go about doing in your life. Yeah, right. Okay. Like this belief that we're supposed to have this overarching narrative, which some people utilize in terms of trying to like understand their life. Like I get that like <laughs> life is a, as this play goes into, life's a difficult thing to like comprehend and sometimes putting yourself mentally as like the protagonist of your filmic existence can allow you to kind of like escape for a second from maybe the belief that you are fully responsible for the things that you do mm. and maybe also it helps you just kind of like make sense of things because if you if you decide to start because if you imagine your life as kind of like instead of people you are a cast and if like you imagine your birth is the title sequence and you imagine your death is the end credits everything that happens in between can be made sense of because you it will just it will imbue itself with a number of narrative arcs that will make yeah. sense of things, which is not what this play is about at all. Sure. It's just a thing that that, that element of it made me think yeah, about. That's, that makes it easier to sort of break everything down and survive. Totally, yeah. It's yeah. a coping mechanism. But yeah, that was just because of like the, some of the way that the text functioned mm. um, early on was very much like, okay, so <laughs> it's all that you're coming at us like in a rather naturalistic piece for these characters to break away and sometimes just be narrators or sometimes just be like, you have to understand this about me. I'm like this. Right, okay. Is a thing. Okay. Um, yeah, because there was like a real concerted effort to, for, for like a lot of people in the play to have a bunch of stuff going on. Just like make it a big, messy life thing. <laughs> a messy life thing. It really felt like it was a lot of characters and even on top of having a lot of characters that could have been used to beef out just like one person's experience. They, it was like it was a huge ask for the for for Lachlan to take on of being like, let's give lots of them lots of stuff to be going. Yeah, through. right. It's interesting to see so many issues packed into so many characters, and to also have them kind of like dealing with those issues all in the one play. Yeah, was yeah, it was just like a tall order to chomp off. So yeah, so it's just like a, like a fun narrative experiment. What next? Interval's a fun choice. <laughs> is it? I mean, it's an interval. It's vintage. I thought that's part vintage. of what excited me about the show, afterwards especially, was like, I'm always into a gigantic cast, especially when it's used for like exciting reasons. And I think part, the part of what made it exciting, I guess, was Lachlan trying to like pump so much into each of the characters. Mm. Was just like, yeah, again, an interesting experiment to go with. And it was nice to just see a bunch of like, and I'm excited to see what this like very young theatre company goes about doing now. Um, not just because I care about some of the people involved with it, but also because I'm mean, into naturalism. That's fun. I think it's a thing that is kind of like not dying, but becoming like unpopular. I definitely have not seen many people putting out naturalist pieces recently. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and certainly not to have like go to like a two act naturalist play was an exciting thing that I wish I like, happened to me more often, especially in independent theatre. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was fun. So yeah, Interval was just like a nice vintage touch of like, oh, it's like I'm at a play. <laughs> so that was nice. So you yeah. called me during the Interval. I did. We had a chat. We had things to talk about. We did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was nice in the way that it felt traditional like that. That was sweet. Gorgeous. Um, yeah, so if they're going to keep continuing down the line of like experiment, yeah, I don't know, yeah, with playing with naturalism and with this old school vibe of, mm. you know, character-centric, long-form naturalistic theatre... That's something I'm definitely into. Yeah, it's exciting to see people doing that, especially young people doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, and not to keep bringing it back to TikTok, but it's like attention spans <laughs> are low. Uh-huh. People just want gags and goofiness and if sex. If you don't get on that stage and do a TikTok dance, I don't care. <laughs> That's the sort of dancing I engage with. Yeah, um, it definitely... Um, how do you feel about the idea of, like... Because I think you could view this play through the lens of, like, all the discourse surrounding, like, euphoria... And surrounding thirteen reasons why, like mm. the idea of romanticizing trauma. Yeah. Do you? Because this show is very much like 
hot kids that love drugs and sex yes. and stuff. You know, um, how do you feel about all that? Uh, jealous mostly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, I, I've never seen Euphoria, so I don't. I, I, all thirteen reasons why. So I, I sort of steer clear of those shows because of my own sort of. I do have this sort of idea in my head of like we shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> shouldn't be doing what? Well, the, I can't really. I have got no legs to stand on because I haven't seen the show, and I'm not sure. But I, I don't like the idea of first of all putting out a show where high school students are sexy full stop, I think is weird. Sure. I think that is just a weird choice that we've all normalised way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to stop doing it. That yeah. is my stance on that. <laughs> I think sure. I think it's great to see young people doing it for themselves. Yeah. I think that's cool. But like a show like Euphoria, that scares me. Okay. That, that feels weird. When sure. you have like grown women playing these sexy teenage students doing all these sexy teenage student things in sexy teen... I, I just think that's a bit odd. No, that is inter- that's interesting in the way, like, even looking at this play, um, yeah, through, the, I guess, the thing you just said, um, which is how this sentence exists. <laughs> <laughs> that's grammar, baby. Of, like, the... they It didn't feel like they were, like, showcasing... And maybe it's because of, like, the age and maturity of the artists involved, but it, it didn't seem like, while they were exploring very sexual things... It never seemed like they were sexualizing the actors or like yeah. the characters. Oh, great! Like it never seemed like, oh, this is a story about like young people having sex and being in love. Mm. And so then let's use that to titillate the audience and give them a chance to see a bunch of like, uh, young, like attractive. Yeah, yeah, it never felt like that, which is such a distinction because you can absolutely explore young sexuality and yeah. w- without without it feeling like euphoria. Well, yeah, and like I said, I haven't seen Euphoria, so I don't know if Euphoria does deal with these issues really well. Maybe it does. I'm not sure. There's a lot of wangs and boobs. <laughs> a lot of wangs and boobs. <laughs> which are not idea. inherently sexual things. They are when I look at them. <laughs> I'm disgusting. <laughs> um, yeah, wangs and boobs. <laughs> um, yeah, so it sort of like follows this character named Mim who is like, sort of like ends up feeling like the protagonist kind of. Oh sure, it's one of those ones. Okay. So, yeah, but it, yeah. And she sort of, like, attempts suicide badly at the start, and then we kind of, like, follow her trajectory afterwards and the hijinks that ensue with her. But, yeah. But, yeah, it's largely, like, an ensemble piece. Um, I'd say someone that really stuck out as being fantastic was Gemma Caruana um, playing kind of, like, the Regina George of the school oh, to talk right. very simplistically in, like... <laughs> you need, you need a Regina George. <laughs> but just every time she was on stage, she was just, like, electric and captivating mm. and just very, like, having to say these lines that... Sort of like on the cusp of satirical, I suppose, or like I guess maybe like the cusp of parody, um, but delivered with a recognizability. Like it almost felt akin to when like when we first sort of got to know Jamee, that sort of thing. It was like, oh my god, like this is horrendous. But I've absolutely met this person a number of times. Yes, this is a real. This is real. Yeah. So yeah. So that was that was super fun to do. Um, Yeah. I also thought like, oh, sorry, the the font on this. Georgina Charteris um, played Leah, who's like the older sister of one of the school people, and she's like a drug dealer, and she's going through some things. I thought she was great. <laughs> she's going through some Yeah, things. she's a full-blown stranger that I feel like I've definitely seen in things, but I can't see anything that she's done that I re- like that I literally have seen her do. Maybe you haven't seen her do things. Maybe not, but she was in Nine, and I wish I'd seen her in Nine. High school production of Nine. Super not That's possible. That's what they need to do. Have you seen the movie? No, I've never seen anything to do with Nine. I want to watch it. Yeah, you need Fergie's to watch... in it, right? Fergie's in it. <laughs> oh my God. Be Italian. 
Italian. That's oh the, that one. It's the fucking best. Maybe I will watch oh it. Oh my god! When they when you think it's gotten the best it can become because they've already done tambourines with sand in it. <laughs> but then when the camera cuts back and you just have a line of women with chairs about to walk towards you across a sand pit. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's an image. It's one of the best things that's ever happened to cinema. Okay. Well, I'll watch it. <laughs> um, Emma Claire Waxman played like the like Mim's mother. Mim's mum. There was this whole thing. There were just a lot of scenes and characters and things going on. Yeah. And one of the things that was going on was Mim's relationship with her family, who has like, she's got like a lesbian sister and a father that abandoned them who's kind of coming back into the picture. God, they've all got a lot going on. And then, and then the mother. And she was just like, this really, really welcome presence. And yeah, Claire had just like tremendous comic timing and wasn't in the play much, but when she was there, um, yeah, it was just like this added electricity that I was really, really grateful for. Gorgeous. Zachary Peach who I am friends with, but I just want to point out that he really, he played really well, kind of like this like oddly tempered, beautiful fantasy creature that kind of like, he was kind of like described by other characters almost as being kind of like this entrancing, the way that a lot of like, like gay men are treated of like having to grow up slightly faster due to gayness. Um, Yeah. And it seems to kind of exist outside of things and be kind of like bored by all the nonsense. Mm. Um, Yeah. And it was just, yeah, he was a nice entry into that like canon of characters and performances of characters where it's like this kind of like ethereal, yeah, gay splendor, you know? Yes, I do know that 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 character. Yeah, yeah. So he handled that well. I, I, yeah, he was especially yeah. Oh, anyone that can do that character, I've got time for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he was especially good at being like confusingly mad <laughs> in a way that wasn't like, are you just bad at acting? It was the sort oh, of the thing genuine where, acting mad. It was acting mad in the way of like, and maybe it's a young thing, but it's a thing that I found very recognizable and be like, why are you suddenly shouting at me? <laughs> but it's like, but you come to you know, but then you come to understand, like, oh, okay, this something's been hit upon, and I don't know what that is yet. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah, that kind Great. of quality. Yeah, that's acting, baby. That's acting, baby. <laughs> A small baby that acts. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Related to Zach's performance, um, I suppose I want to ask you because it was very evident in the audience response that uh, happened with. So it was like him and Adam Restaino or Restaino <laughs> um, between the characters. They sort of like fall in love during the show, mm-hmm. and this is just based on audience response. And I also acknowledge that like a lot of the audience seems to be like pals with the cast, so that's also right. factored into like this question, I suppose. But it seemed like their love story got different responses than the other love stories that occurred, and I guess it like bungled for me in my mind the thing of like. And this is the thing that is brought up in one of my favourite movies, GBF. <laughs> GBF. GBF stands for Gay Best Friend. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> yes, don't, don't, I don't, we don't have time. Go we, we can't go in. It's such a goddamn good movie. And anyway, they bring up in that, and that's why the idea was in my mind, of like, it seems like people treat, like, man-on-man love mm. stories with this level of like, oh, how adorable that mm. is. Like, especially when it's like young guys. It's like, that's cute. Where it's like, if it were like a man and a girl, it'd, like a boy and a girl. <laughs> yeah. That it'd just be like, oh yes, that is a love story. Whereas this, these sorts of things always kind of get a, that's adorable. Um, you're making faces. I love a gay love story. You love a gay love story. I love but it. But you're a gay man. Maybe we're the, the wrong thing. people to have I don't care about, but also I don't care about straight relationships on TV. I see them and I go, oh fuck. Okay. This again. Well, that's exactly, I think I've, we've got the wrong viewpoint for this. Because like, I look at a straight person on TV having like a kiss with a straight person. I'm like, okay, sure. Mm. Like, this means nothing to me. <laughs> it's, I've seen this a million times and it doesn't factor. I don't, I don't, I just don't care. Yeah. Um, but when I see like gay love, I'm always excited. Mm-hmm. Always excited. 
excited to see Gay Love. Do you so know I, why? Just because you haven't seen enough of it. Haven't seen enough. I always get emotional. I think I was watching. What was I watching? I was. I was watching The Sandman. Oh yes. Last night, <laughs> and like I think there was just I can't even remember what bit it was, but I remember getting emotional when there was like even just like a subtle reference to lesbianism. Like mm. there were these characters that just had a woman on woman moment, and I got like a bit emotional because like. And I just, I, every time it happens, I have to stop and register. Oh, that's just because I don't see this that often mm-hmm. in like mainstream TV, like on a Netflix TV series. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I always love it. I love it. I think it's always good. I think, um, yeah, that's my, that's my answer. That's my thoughts on that. Sure. That makes sense. Why would yeah. you think? Do you no, think? no. Even that makes it. No, that just almost feels like a, like things have improved, of course, in that way. Like not hugely, but a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. You know, it almost feels as if like we grew up in the desert. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we didn't really have much water. We had nothing. And now, even though we've kind of moved closer into the city, so water is more easy to come by, okay, this still, is water gets me excited. <laughs> because I remember Stop. the thirsty times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's actually a really good analogy. Well, yeah. you were turned against it halfway <laughs> through. <laughs> you, got, you got too into it. I don't like seeing you happy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say, yeah, the, the moments that the play got most interesting for me is when it kind of, like, rippled outside of itself in the way of, like, there was a lot to, like... Which is, I don't know, interesting in the way of, like, it being... Maybe this comes down a little bit to the high school experience and the way that that kind of does become your whole world. Mm. Um, there was a lot of world building done in terms of trying to make us understand this network of friendships and how they all worked with each other. Oh, yeah. They, it seemed like, yeah, we, like the... we, we were supposed to leave totally understanding how close everyone is and who knows each other and who's mad and who used to date. Like, that's all stuff that we were Did told. Did you leave feeling that? I think I could draw you a pretty vivid map of... Like who... a Game of Thrones, like map of the high school a little yeah i'd be into that fewer dwarves than i would have liked but <laughs> yeah what, why are you making that face i was I, I was i was contemplating a joke but nothing came to mind you were gonna make fun of little people no nothing came to mind i was thinking up a joke but nothing sprung to my head oh okay mm. um okay let's keep on skating let's keep going, <laughs> let's keep um yeah so but i think when it became most interesting for me is when the scenes and the things that they would say would kind of ripple outside of that and, you know, become things that you could apply to, like, more broadly to, to life itself. Because <laughs> oh, sure. this is life, but not... this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> this is life. No, this is... This... I was going to make a Spongebob joke. Oh! And you uh, held back on that as well. I did, I did Jeez, hold back. I'm why have you lost your back. courage? Why are you I don't know why I've lost my courage. I have, though. It's been, it's been an ongoing, year-long journey of regaining the courage. But it's not back yet. <laughs> haven't gotten quite to the Wizard of Oz yet. <laughs> not yet, boo! <laughs> um, uh, something, something that happened towards the end, they started... the So Mim sort of, like, kept having this, like, recurring line that she would have. was like, what am I supposed to do now? Um, and that being a very familiar question. Not just around, like being in the midst of adolescence around kind of everything everything yeah. so it was kind of like nice and it was also yeah I thought it was especially good for her to be sort of like be repeating it because of just like her going through something quite terrible and then being at this like point where like you know exams are about to happen life's about to start you're about to be an adult properly <sighs> in, in quotation marks <laughs> um, and then it's like huh it's like I don't know yeah being at that point where people aren't going to be telling you what to do anymore and it's up to you and it's like am I even equipped with the, like the brain necessary to make a decision no one is <laughs> no one is yeah, no, which was yeah. a nice thing that the mother character said. Did the mother say it? No, I think the dad did. The shit dad? The shit dad! <laughs> you know, it's like you never get to an age where you stop making mistakes. Wow, yeah, that's a good line. You know, that's something. Yeah. And then, yeah, towards the end, they started using, like, exams as an analogy for this type of feeling of, like, uh, like, like the, there's a part where, like, the teacher is taking back Mim's exam off her and she's like, I'm not ready, I'm not done. Blah, 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 blah. Oh. You know, that feeling of, like, why am I being oh, thrust yeah. into the world? Like, I'm not even ready to be out here. Like, why am I under the sun? My skin cannot take it. You yeah. know? Yeah. 
that's a, that's oh, that's horrible. God, yeah. exam. It's fucked that we still have nightmares about high school and we don't really talk about it. Like it's fucked that it is such a trauma factory so and no one's awful. doing anything, anything about changing no, it. No, let's just keep sending them in. <laughs> awful, yeah. awful, awful, awful. Mm. Yeah. High schools, don't send your kids there. No. If you listen to this and have kids. Send them to us. I'd love to run a school. I'd love to oh. run a school. What would your school be like? Oh, brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Almost a cult. Yes, it's like if, you know, the school from Matilda and Hogwarts <laughs> came together. In what way? The magic and also the beatings? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even think of Hogwarts as a place where magic, magic happens. happens. I was thinking of Hogwarts in the sense of, like, the children are in danger constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's another vital pillar of the Harry Potter series. Absolutely. If I had a school, everyone would have to take uh, uh, beta, uh, what are they, beta blockers. Everyone would have to start taking um, uh, puberty blockers. Oh god, why? <laughs> because I would want to enforce all the horrible things that everyone thinks is what people want. Wait. <laughs> everyone would You want to keep blockers. all these kids prepubescent. I do. Uh, everyone would Ooh. have to dress up as little maids. Um, I would be uh, not on location. I'd be on my private island zooming in. Yeah, you wouldn't be keeping real life supervision over your oh, pedophile no. farm. <laughs> It occurs to me, it sounded <laughs> meant to sound a lot less pedophilic. It was meant to be like, like I want to keep these children ripe and young yeah, and dress them as maids. <laughs> Are you the Marquis yep. de Sade? <laughs> um, I, I'd like to redact. I'd like to retract all of those words. You retract whatever you want. I, 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 I have no. I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm tired. I've played. I've, I've watched Doctor Who. I've had two I've hours chess of sleep. Last night. I've chess last night. I'm all tuckered out. I'm very tired, and I apologise for what I said. I was wrong. That's fine. Um. Okay. Great. What, we can't end it on this note. And yet, amazing. Is it? it yes. 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 yes oh, another week done. Another week done. Um, and great. another week ahead. Yeah. <laughs> to, to go about it, Macaulay. Another week ahead. Another Surely week your head ahead. can't get weaker. You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm stupid. No. Um, um, great. Okay. Great. Um, sure, unless there's anything thanks. else you want to say, let's just... No, had a good time. Nice being in all your ear holes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, if James opens a school, don't send your children don't send, there. Don't send your children to my school. I can't be trusted. No. Um, <laughs> don't send uh, them to Jake's either. No, definitely do. It'll be fun. They're going to learn so much. will be beaten and dangerous. No, that was a joke. That was a funny goof. No, it'll be a great school. Um, anyway, so thank you for listening. Thank um, you. Uh, praise Dionysus on Instagram. Praise Dionysus at gmail.com. Let us know if you're doing anything theatrical and we will come to it. And then send we'll us talk a ticket. It. We'll come and see. Yeah, baby. And yeah, otherwise we may already disagree with everything we, that we just said. And friends don't let friends become theatre critics. He got it. Nailed it. He got it. One go. Oh, yeah. Thank you again for listening. And we'll speak to you really soon. It's been a pleasure. I'm going to speak over you more, I think. Good. Could you? (laughs) Yeah, I think I will. Yeah, good. Pummel me me down. uh, 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 It's awful how many of these we end just making noise. (laughs) (laughs) Hoot, hoot, (laughs) hoot.